Do you ever struggle with remembering details from your travels? Then I've got something special for you. How would you like a better way to keep track of all the things you see and experience in Scotland? A way to keep those special memories and all the details fresh for years to come. My new Scotland travel journal might just be what you need. It includes daily journaling prompts to help you start writing about your day, lots of space for doodling and notes, prompts to reflect on your trip overall, and suggestions for things to do that help you make more meaningful connections with Scotland. There's also inspiration for your travel bucket list, a map to draw your route, space to keep track of your travel details, and some Gaelic and Scottish phrases to try while you're here. All you have to do is print out the journal, fold the pages in half and start writing. The Scotland Travel Journal is the perfect companion for your upcoming trip to Scotland. Find it in the Watch Me See online shop or visit the link in the show notes. And now, let's get on with the show. This episode is sponsored by Wonderseekers, an initiative that brings together science and tourism to inspire exciting learning adventures that are unique, authentic and sustainable. Find out more at wonderseekers.com. Discover, experience, expand your mind. Hello there, and welcome to Wild for Scotland, a podcast full of inspiring stories from Scotland. I'm your host, Cathy Kamleitner. Wild for Scotland helps you connect with Scotland and dream about future adventures. I'll tell you immersive stories to whisk you away, share some of my top tips for your own Scotland trip, and introduce you to inspiring locals and their stories. So lean back and enjoy. Let's travel to Scotland. Welcome back on the Scottish West Coast for another episode that shines a light on the people of Scotland. Today we are speaking with Katie Murray of the University of the Highlands and Islands and also to Siobhan Moran of the Hebridean Whale and Dolphin Trust and Ian Parsons of the Loch Haber Geopark. If you haven't listened to last week's story episode yet, I do really recommend you go back and do so before you continue with this conversation. Maybe scientific tourism sounds scarier than it actually is. But in last week's story, I described some of the science-led experiences I had on the Scottish West Coast. And you'll soon find out that actually, these kinds of learning experiences can be for everyone. But now back to our guests. You'll first hear from Katie Murray, who is one of the researchers who are leading the Wonder Seekers project here in Scotland. She will tell us more about the initiative and how it works in collaboration with other countries. But we'll also chat about life in Fort William and how to nurture your need to learn when you travel around Scotland. Then we'll meet Siobhan and Ian, the scientists who led the experiences I described in my story last week. We'll hear about their own journeys, what fascinates them about their work, and what inspires them to share their knowledge with laypeople like myself. As always, I hope you enjoy hearing the stories of these locals in their own words. So let's hear it from them. Thank you. 
I'm sitting here with Katie Murray from the Wonder Seekers Project. Uh, Katie, do you want to start off and introduce yourself? Tell us your name, what you do, and your preferred pronouns. <laughs> well, I'm Katie Murray. I'm a project officer at West Highland College, part of the University of the Highlands and Islands, and we are one of the partners in the Wonder Seekers Project. My preferred pronouns are she or her. Brilliant. So tell me about Wonder Seekers. What is Wonder Seekers and what kind of is the objective or the aims behind the project? Well, Wonder Seekers grew out of this idea that travellers more and more are wanting to go somewhere and immerse themselves in it, you know, learn much more about where they're going, learn much more about their surroundings, travel sustainably, travel responsibly. And Wonder Seekers is a brand that brings together the companies and the businesses offering that model of travel with the people who want to travel in this style. So what it does is give people the chance to travel to a place where they know they will be able to immerse themselves in it, immerse themselves in the surroundings and assuage their curiosity about the places that they travel to. Are there any places that inspire your personal curiosity around Scotland? <laughs> Absolutely. So um, I, I'm a historian. That's mm -hmm. my background. And a lot of this grew out of visiting places in Scotland, such as, you know, all around the coast of Scotland, you get these old abandoned settlements, mm -hmm. like clearance villages. Mm -hmm. And if you've never been, what you see there is the remains of old stone houses, the remains of barns. Sometimes you see traces of a run-rig farming system. And they're the kind of places that really make you very curious about what happened there, who lived there, what were their lives like, why were they abandoned? You know, they're the kind of site that make you look it up or Google it as soon as you get home, you know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so they're the kind of place that really stimulate that kind of that kind of curiosity and, you know, often they're in absolutely remote and rural locations that are beautiful and coastal. It's absolutely, I think, um, they inspired and continue to inspire me. Yeah, uh, I actually have an episode, so if listeners want to go back to episode five in season two, I think, it's called At Peace. I talk about any anymore on Morvern and my experience of, of visiting the Highland Clearance Village there and hopefully quite an emotive story that gives you a sense of, of what it's like to be in a place like that. And I can absolutely relate how that would inspire your kind of personal wonder-seeking journey as well. Mm. Um, I'm so delighted to hear that. <laughs> and I think everybody can have their version of that, you know. Mm. Go to the coast and see a dolphin or a porpoise or a whale, and that inspires a love of marine biology. So with those kinds of experiences that you're talking about, obviously it's very learning-based, it's about learning new things and, and engaging with the context of places and, and the information about history, biology, environment, what, what, whatever it is. And so this kind of scientific tourism, is that a concept that has been around for a long time or is that something quite new? 
I think it's a concept we've always been largely aware of. It's quite intuitive, you know. We've always known that you can go to a museum or a science centre or a library and, and learn. Mm. And learn scientifically verifiable facts and gain some knowledge. And really Wonder Seekers is about using the outdoors and using the places as you visit to do exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. I think what I like about it as well is that it makes that so approachable and it takes it out of the library, it takes it out of those places that can feel that there's an access barrier and, and takes it out of those contexts and gives it a different spin. I think that's, that's the beauty of it as well, in a way. Absolutely, and I think what it offers is an outdoors adventure where you also get the opportunity to, to, to learn about what you're seeing um, and whether that's about the wildlife or the history. The other hope is that it then sparks your curiosity about other places that you visit. Mm. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll carry that with you. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are some of the experiences that people will find on the Wonder Seekers platform? What are some of the um, learning-based experiences people can have here in Scotland? Oh, well, it's wonderful. It's really diverse. Um, the first thing I'll say is that it's not only Scotland, it's Greenland and Finland and Iceland as well. So there's a real diverse range <laughs> of experiences on there covering a whole range of scientific disciplines <laughs> at the risk of sounding too academic. And that reflects a whole lot of expertise. So there are geological tours. There are experiences that focus on, on wildlife watching, on bird watching, usually in some pretty spectacular locations in Scotland. There's the opportunity to go out and take part in marine mammal research expeditions. Or there's the opportunity just to take a simple walk along the coast with expert guides and look for marine mammals and other wildlife from the shore. Yeah, there's a whole range of different experience levels. Yeah, and that's a nice thing, isn't it? It's for no matter how much you're interested in this or at what entry point you are, whether you want to participate in citizen science and actually see your results contributing to a bigger research project or whether you just want to enrich your own knowledge and, and learn something for yourself and just add something a little bit different to your itinerary. There, it, there seems to be an experience for everyone. Absolutely, absolutely. And the other thing we hope this will do is engender, you know, an, a new respect for the land that people are travelling through that will encourage people to travel more responsibly, to travel more sustainably, to just see the landscape and approach the people that they meet there in a slightly different way. Mm. And so we're now actually going to hear from two of the experts that have taken us on tours in the last two days, both uh, Siobhan from the Hebridean Whale and Dolphin Trust and Ian from Loch Geo Geopark. We're going to hear their stories a little bit and also what visitors can experience with them and what it's like to experience whales, dolphins and rocks on the Scottish West Coast. I'm Siobhan Morin, uh, she, her. I am the Community Engagement Officer for the Hebridean Whale and Dolphin Trust. So that means it is my job to travel around the West Coast of Scotland, take people for walks and talk to them about whales. 
Um, I think you can uh, imagine it's a very difficult job, but you know, somebody, somebody <laughs> has to do Sounds it. Absolutely yes. horrible. Yeah. And is that something you've always wanted to do? Uh, not really. I started out kind of studying geology and uh, kind of went into climate change mm -hmm. and did a master's and uh, did some amazing field work down in Antarctica, but kind of got a bit tired of academia and writing code all day. And yeah, decided to leave academia, had no idea what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. moved back to the west coast of Scotland and started volunteering for the Hebridean Whale Dolphin Trust. And at this point, I knew nothing about whales. Right. <laughs> I was very much into kind of chemical and physical oceanography. But something I really love about working for the Whale and Dolphin Charity is that it's a really great way to inspire people about the sea yep. and get people to care. We really relate to whales and dolphins. So talking to people about that is a great way to get them really kind of connecting with nature and caring about our oceans and inspired to go on and do something positive yeah yeah and I guess a dolphin and a whale that's quite an attractive animal to you know people can imagine what that is and they're quite big so it, it kind of makes a much more of a, of a bigger impact than if you were to focus on makes a bigger you know, splash algae. yes <laughs> makes a bigger splash oh my goodness <laughs> I love that <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, you know, here in Scotland, people don't come here for whales and dolphins. Yeah. You know, I live in the Isle of Mull, so everybody coming to Mull for wildlife is coming for white-tailed eagles, they're coming for otters, and usually they kind of discover whales and dolphins along the way. But whales and dolphins kind of living right at the very top of the food chain makes mm. them, I don't know, quite good indicator species on the health of our oceans. Yeah. So by kind of protecting whales and dolphins, we're actually protecting everything yeah. in our oceans. Can you tell us a bit about what we're doing today here on the coast near Oban? Yeah, so right now we're walking up towards Dunstaffnage Castle, which is absolutely beautiful. And as is always the case here in Scotland, the sun is shining down. It, it never rains in Scotland. Never, ever rains, no. <laughs> um, so we're going to go um, to a nice little bit of the coast where we've got a good view of the sea. And I've got an, an app with me called Whale Track. It's a citizen science app. So we're going to do a whale watch. And we're going to record not just what we see, but also what we don't see. Mm -hmm. And that gives us really, really fantastic data to inform what protections and conservation measures are needed. Um, and it's a free app, so everybody can get it, everybody can use it, and it's a great way to get involved with our work. That's really cool, because I get a lot of people who get in touch with me and they do ask about whale watching, because they know it from Iceland, they know it maybe from Norway and Canada, but... There's not really a strong, you know, there's not that many opportunities, there's not many activity providers, boat providers who do that here, I guess because there's just not enough of a population here. I'm not sure why. Um, Or can you tell us why that might not be such a big thing here? I think it's not very established because it's not perhaps very well known. Mm -hmm. There are some really fantastic whale watch operators, boat trips that you can take if you visit Scotland's west coast. Need to look those up then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, what I'd recommend is there is a website called the Wise Scheme. Um, so that is boat operators that have been trained to responsibly 
interact with wildlife. So mm, definitely check that out. Brilliant. But um, what we're doing today is actually from land. And I really like watching from land because it's accessible for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, we haven't had to pay anything. You know, we're just on a fairly basic track and we can still have amazing wildlife encounters. But, you know, without disturbing anything or without, you know, polluting anything. Polluting anything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So if someone wanted to do some land-based whale watching or spotting in Scotland, what would your top tips be? What should people kind of bring? Any equipment? Um, time of the year? Anything like that? <laughs> so um, you've got your best chance if you come kind of March to October. That's when there's the most species here. We've got some resident species. We've also got some kind of migratory species. I developed a kind of network of land-based whale watching sites across Scotland's west coast. It's called the Hebridean Whale Trail. We built a lovely little website. Um, <laughs> definitely check that out. There's some great stories on there. Great tips for how to, you know, go out and spot. Um, so yeah, there's, you know, there's always a chance wherever you are by the coast. It's worth kind of stopping for a moment, looking out to sea, you know, taking a nice deep breath, taking in the sea. And, you know, hopefully you will spot something. Um, I always kind of joke that going out whale watching gives you uh, a sense of purpose. Um, and, but really, oh, these plans. <laughs> you're spending a bit more time by the coast. You're kind of taking in nature and, yeah, really kind of taking time for yourself, isn't it? Absolutely. And so just for the sake of listeners, I can explain a bit what the current situation is. We're walking up to the coast. There's a lovely bench looking out into the water. But we're going to scramble up the Woodland Hill. So um, see you back in five seconds. Let's take a quick detour and hear more about our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Wonder Seekers, an initiative that brings together science and tourism to inspire exciting learning adventures that are unique, authentic and sustainable. Wonder Seekers put together a carefully curated list of experiences in Scotland and beyond. The featured activities come from a wide range of scientific disciplines and vary from short guided experiences with experts to immersive citizen science projects on land and at sea. No matter which activity you join, you'll spark and satisfy your curiosity by participating in sustainable activities that increase your understanding and appreciation of the natural world. Find out more about Wonderseekers and exciting learning opportunities at wonderseekers.com. Discover, experience, expand your mind. Oh wow, now the views are even better. We're higher up, walked up for about 30 seconds and the views are incredible. You can see the Isle of Mull and is that Lismore? So that's actually Benderloch. Oh right, okay. And then that there is Lismore. Right. What I like from here as well is the Lismore Lighthouse. 
is like perfectly lined up with Jurek Castle on Mull. Oh yes. So you can see the white lighthouse a bit better, but you can actually pretty well see the dark outline of the castle ruin over on Mull. That's cool. And so the ferry crosses between those two, no? It does. They look so close together. <laughs> <laughs> and what is life like on Mull? I love it. It's really, really friendly. I'm over off island for a day and my house isn't locked. I don't have house keys. <laughs> you know, well. we're, we're a very friendly island. Um, yeah, definitely would recommend a visit. It's a bit boggy around here. Sounds familiar. <laughs> the bog. Uh, I love Mull. I've been multiple times um, sea eagle watching and wild swimming and kayaking. Oh, yeah. It's such an, an incredible island to visit, to be outdoors and engage and immerse yourself in nature. There's a really good group of uh, people as well. That, you know, if you want to go for a swim with somebody, there's always somebody who'll be keen. <laughs> good to know, good to know. Well, thank you so much for no taking worries. the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ian Parsons, I'm a retired professor of geology. Uh, I was I worked in Aberdeen University for the first half of my career and then I moved to Edinburgh. And uh, I'm really a mineralogist and people who study minerals, the stuff of which the earth is built on a small scale. That's my main field. And I've done geological mapping in quite a few places, including the far north of Greenland and the centre of the Sahara. So I can't say I've got around a bit on the basis of this job. <laughs> so you've really come around and yet you are here in the Scottish Highlands. Yes. Um, why? What's so special about this area? Oh, the scenery is wonderful. <laughs> but is it really just the scenery? Yes, mainly. <laughs> what about the rocks here? The rock. Oh, the rocks are... Yes, of course they are. But interesting <laughs> scenery is often where interesting rocks are. That's a that's a yeah. good good way to choose your holiday destinations, I think, as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so tell us a bit about the Loch Aver Geopark. Well, how I, it kind of came to be and what, what I, how you got I involved. I wasn't around at the very inception of it. I joined a few years afterwards. That was just his, they 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 formed it locally because geoparks were a coming thing. Uh, and I, I joined about three years after it was started. And I had moved here and my wife had died, I thought, try something new. And uh, why not find out about geoparks and do something? And I found that doing these uh, interpretive panels is a very pleasant occupation, very pleasant, not too demanding, and got you out, took you to interesting places. And the panels are all around the geopark, right? So people can. Yes. There was a big concentration in the area around Fort William because people wanted to have them nearby them. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a nice day trip to yeah, go and yeah. visit some of them. I mean, yeah. the furthest away when I'm working is two and a half hour drive, so it's not you know, sort of casually go there. Yeah, um, and what, what makes this area so interesting in terms of its geology? Well, it's partly because the between here and the mountain range is this giant fault, the Great Glen Fault. So the geology there is completely different to the geology here. And it wasn't until the 50s, really, that people started to understand how the rocks got to be the way they are. Using analytical techniques, getting their ages of all the rocks and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. 
and the history of geology or the, the, the field of geology yeah. here is also very significant, isn't it? It's not just the rocks, well, it's the Yeah, the whole highlands is very significant because it was one of the very first parts of the world where these complicated processes were unravelled. And it's partly because it's accessible and it's easy to live here. You know, you can go and find much more complicated geology elsewhere in the world but in great discomfort, basically. Yeah, and like you say, the scenery is very nice. So it's, yeah. a, it's a nice place for yourself. To yeah, work and, yeah, and, and yeah. do your job, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then maybe finally, if, if people want to come and visit and experience the geopark, of course they can come and visit the, the panels and learn about it in that way. But what are some other things they could do to learn more maybe from experts in the area? Well, they could come to talks if we were giving them or on, on some of the field excursions that we hopefully will be running in the future. Fantastic. And we've already run them, but in a rather irregular ad hoc basis now we, we are hoping to have a regular system of, of tours fantastic so that's a great way to learn about the geology yeah. of the and, scottish and highlands and not just geology about the history of the place and the absolutely because all of these things are connected out of the way spots that ordinary tourists don't see that's always a good a good thing good incentive i think yeah. for people yeah. do you have a place in the area that you love particularly <laughs> uh, i like the coastline uh, around Mora and the views of the islands particularly but too many people go there in the summer but it's, it's very nice in winter I went to Arisig last spring oh, yeah. and went to Kamasdarach Beach oh, that's and, and yes, the that's singing the sounds I like of Mora yeah, it's yeah, it's absolutely I showed a picture stunning. of one of Kamasdarach Beach on my, during my talk I think oh was that yeah. the picture of the small isles of the small isles uh, and, the, egg in the, and the white sands yeah. in the foreground oh yeah, fantastic right. yeah, yeah the views there down. are incredible yeah wonderful yeah. brilliant super well thank yeah. you very much for taking the time okay cheers <laughs> and now we're back with Katie Murray Katie you are from the central belt of Scotland and now you live up here in beautiful Fort William what is it like? What was it like to move up to the Highlands and was it very, very different at the start? Well, I'm incredibly lucky. <laughs> we have had a week of unseasonably amazing weather here. <laughs> and when I was on my lunchtime walk, because we're all still working from home, you know, with Ben Nevis right behind me on this beautiful clear day and the loch in front, yeah, this is just an incredible place to live. It was nice moving up here during the middle of lockdown. <laughs> And having a whole new landscape to explore. Yeah, I think everyone in the smaller council areas looked at the bigger councils, Argyll and the Highlands, and was very, very jealous during that time <laughs> when we were only allowed to travel a certain amount of miles from our local council areas. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and do you have any favourite places in the area that you like to visit? I think the amazing thing about Port William and being based here is the access you have to all these fantastic places, you know. There's a reason why this is a popular tourist destination. Um, you know, some of us are lucky to live in it all year round. <laughs> but it's because you have such incredible access to the mountains, to the lochs, uh, to the Great Glen up to Inverness. For me, the landscapes and places that I love and where I go again and again and again is out to the coast, mm -hmm. you know, up towards the, the Arisig and the Morar, down to Moidart, that amazing coastal scenery, uh, the, the white sandy beaches, mm -hmm. 
I feel very lucky that that is that that's on my doorstep within easy reach and still fairly accessible I think people often forget that you don't have to go to the islands for this kind of scenery mm-hmm. and those kinds of beaches so that's a that's a really good point absolutely yeah and there are lots of um, little corners of the coastline around here that are still relatively quiet and relatively unexplored so here's a tip for all the listeners is don't just listen and ask for names of places but just head out and explore and follow those single track roads those tracks and explore and, and discover those places by yourself. I think that's yeah. that's part of the journey. And I guess that's part of what Wonder Seekers is about as well. It's that sense of discovery and and exploring by yourself and, and at your own pace and just following your interests, really. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much here. There's so much everywhere. Hmm. And you never know, you know where you're going to see a, an otter in the burn or come across an old shilling. You know, need to get out and get a little bit lost <laughs> but don't Do really get lost <laughs> um, so where can people find out more about wonder seekers we have social media we've also got a website wonderseekers.com brilliant it's got a, a list of all the places that we're focusing on though of course we're always looking to expand the countries and the regions and um, we know that there's amazing experiences to be found worldwide and it also has some of the types of experiences that we've been talking about listed up there as well, as yeah. well as um, experiences from the many wonderful businesses that we've been working here with in Scotland and elsewhere. Super. Well, thank you so much for your time, Katie, and thanks for talking to me and our listeners. And yeah, enjoy the rest of your beautiful sunny day here in Fort William. <laughs> thank you. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to Katie Murray, Siobhan Moran and Ian Parsons for taking me on this learning journey from the coast to the mountains and for taking some time to speak with me about their lives and their work. If you're curious about science-based experiences in Scotland and beyond, head to the Wonder Seekers website at wonderseekers.com or connect with the project on social media at wonder underscore underscore seekers. I will also pop the websites and social links for the Hebridean Whale and Dolphin Trust and the Loch Aber Geopark in the show notes. And with this, I send you off to dream about your own trip to the Scottish coast and the Highlands. We're off for our mid-season break next week, but if you were inspired by Katie's chat about clearance villages in the Highlands, go back to season two and listen to At Peace, a story about the West Highland Peninsulas that includes a visit to the historic township of Innymore. Thank you so much for listening to Wild for Scotland. If you want to keep up to date with what's going on behind the scenes, make sure you sign up for our email list. This week we're sharing some resources for you to learn more about Scottish nature and history. And next week I'll send some hand-picked recommendations for podcasts to listen to while we're on our break. We're back with a new story on the 31st of May, and this time we're going on an adventure. Wild for Scotland is part of the Tremula Network, adventure and outdoor podcasts off the beaten path. The show is written and hosted by me, Cathy Kamleitner, 
Fran Tarowskis is the co-producer and editor and does the sound design. Michelle Payne helps with transcripts and social media. Podcast art is by Lizzie Vaughan Knight, the Tartan Trailburner, and all original music is composed by Bruce Wallace. Until next time, when we travel to a different place in Scotland. If you're still here, listening all the way to the very end, it means you've probably got your hands full. So let me take this opportunity to remind you that I don't just write immersive travel stories. I also plan unforgettable itineraries for Scotland. And it's never been easier to follow one of my routes. Head to watchmec.com forward slash shop to browse my ready-made Scotland itineraries and turn your travel dreams into reality.